It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Everybody on? Good. Great. Grand. Wonderful. The Dan Grasa Show on 98.7 ESPN starts now. Yes, indeed. Two minutes passed on this Thursday. 22nd day of September 2022. It is indeed Dan Gross' show on the one and only 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776 is the telephone number. Fall is in the air. A little crisp, little chill. Starting to make that segue into maybe a little October baseball. A couple of weeks left in the season. And, yes, we still wait for history out in the Bronx involving Aaron Judge, which you know will be all over throughout the course of the evening. Joe Leo and Harvey Cruz, they're along for the ride. They're producing the program today, and we're taking it right up until 10 o'clock. Then Gordon and Larry will slide in to the seat. As always, you can get me on Twitter, at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. No game tonight for the Mets. They're enjoying the off day in the Bay Area, and they'll take on the A's for the first of three beginning tomorrow night. So we could give the Mets a little bit of a pause this evening. They get good news on Brandon Nimmo. He had some imaging done on the quad, and he's listed his day-to-day. Everything seems to be stable and A-OK as far as Nimmo's concerned. But the story is the Yankees, right? The story is the Yankees. The story is Aaron Judge specifically. And what is at stake yet again tonight out there at the ball yard in the Bronx? Fox TV, national game, right? For those of you that are just looking to it, you know, so put the game on, turn the volume down, and – Crank us up loud and clear so we can keep you company while the game is going on here. And stuck on 60, you know, and last night when we were with you and we were watching the game, Judge is up there and he gets two doubles and all of a sudden it's a disappointment, right? But the good news is if you want to, like, take your step back from the actual Judge and the chase for history and you want to focus back on baseball again, teammates are clubbing the ball. Right? I mean, that's the good news. We've almost kind of, like, put the Yankees in terms of the wins and the losses almost to the background here because everything has been centered on Aaron Judge. But let's not forget, the Yankees are still trying to sew away a division, which you know that they will win. And if you can also make some history in the process, hey, kill two birds at one stone, nothing like it. But 35 runs in the last three games, I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at. You know, Milwaukee's pitching on Sunday we know is not awful. Now, Pittsburgh is, you know, a disaster. What can I say? And they probably couldn't wait to get the hell out of this city after losing four to the Mets, two to the Yankees, and, you know, the last two in basically lopsided – well, I shouldn't say lopsided fashion because it took a ninth-inning rally the night before. But, boy, that is just a, an awful, awful trip to the city when you don't even win a game. And you're Pittsburgh. You're just waiting for the season to get over with to begin with. You know, you're closing in on 100 losses. You're going to have a totally revamped roster again next season. But you know what? The Yankees were more than happy to kind of just continue to beat on this Pirate team. But now you have a new challenge in. And it's a last-place team in the Boston Red Sox. But I know that they're not really a last-place team like the Pittsburgh Pirates are. I mean, Boston happens to be in last place because they play in the American League East. It's a good division. Sox aren't a dreadful team. I mean, the Sox are a decent team. Sox can go out there, and they can surprise you on any given night. They got a couple of pitchers that can scare you. They have bats in that lineup, which can absolutely wreak havoc. And, 
you know, it's Yankees-Red Sox. Yankees-Red Sox, there's always going to be a challenge. It's always going to be a rivalry. It doesn't matter which team is good, which team is bad. You think the Boston Red Sox, to a man, are going to want Aaron Judge to break the American League home run record while they're in town against them? And they got four games to do it. Four. So they don't want that to happen on their watch. Tonight it's Michael Waka, the former Met Michael Waka. Remember that year? Half year? That was the COVID year in 2020. Judges 0 for 14, nine strikeouts against Waka. What does it mean tonight? Nothing. It means absolutely nothing. It, it really and truly doesn't. I don't believe in all that stuff, and especially when you look at Judge and how well he's swinging the bat. I mean, I don't know if there's a pitcher on earth right now that is going to find a way to get him out or at least, you know, do a decent job of keeping him in the ballpark. And I think if you're Waka, that's all you take. You want to keep him in the ballpark. You don't want to have your name attached to that number. You don't want to be Mike Bassick, right, who gave up the Barry Bonds home run. Al Downing, you don't want to be those guys. But we'll see if he can get it done. As I said, I was just talking to Michael and Peter at the end of the K-Show. I got a weird feeling he's not hitting a home run tonight. He'll hit one tomorrow, and then he'll get the record on Saturday afternoon. Little matinee baseball, on yes, your favorite announcers, all those things. And just a postscript to last night, too. I don't know how many of you caught this. Remember in the eighth inning last night how the Pirates called upon uh, the lefty, Eric Stout, to pitch to Aaron Judge, and he walked, uh, walked Judge on four pitches. It wasn't intentional. He just couldn't find the strike zone, and so much so that um, – Stout was put on the IL today with uh, some sort of a back issue. I mean, I don't know what that back issue was. I don't know if that's something that sprouted up after the at-bat last night to judge or it was lingering around before or it could just be a procedural move more than anything else. But Stout is out, and Judge, of course, here is going to be uh, trying to make history once again. You know, there were a couple of other things to come out of that game last night, and we were mentioning it as it was happening. Glaber Torres, right? I mean, yeah, he had two home runs in one inning, which, okay, that's unbelievable. That doesn't happen every other day. But how about the way Glaber Torres is swinging the bat? How about the lift that he has been providing to this team offensively over the last couple of weeks? You're starting to see a guy who, uh, and this is a stretch, and maybe we're not going to go to those lengths, but you're starting to see a guy who was maybe starting to mimic the player that we saw a few years ago when he was just starting to burst onto the scene and make his mark, and you were starting to see traits of a player who might one day be a future league MVP, right? And, of course, he's not going to win it this year. But if this guy can keep this going for the next couple of weeks to close out the regular season, and dare I say, then once the playoffs begin, think about what that's going to mean to this lineup. Think about how more dangerous it makes them once the postseason rolls around. The Yankees need to stretch out this lineup as much as possible. Because you don't have enough guys there that you really and truly believe in. I mean, Glaber Torres, over the last 10 days, he's upped his batting average 16 points. 14 RBIs during that stretch. You love to see it. Is it sustainable? I don't know with this clip. But if teams are going to go into a scouting matchup with the Yankees and start to realize and pinpoint, well, you know what? It's not just Aaron Judge. we got to stop that guy. It's not just Judge we have to count for. we got to worry about Stanton. Oh, and now we got to worry about Glaber Torres. And, yeah, on occasion, you got to worry about Anthony Rizzo, who would get the ball out of the ballpark. And then maybe if DJ LeMahieu comes back here in the not-too-distant future and maybe the toe is feeling better and he starts to look like the hitter that we all know he could be, think about how the, com the complexion changes for this Yankee team 
for the remainder of the season. It would be unbelievable. It really and truly would. So I'm really keeping my eye on that. I mean, of course, from the, aside from the judge stuff. But from what you're getting out of Glaber Torres here over the next couple of weeks, that really bears watching. The other one is Luis Severino, who I thought you couldn't have asked for anything more in his first start back off the shelf. I mean, to have to sit for the better part of two months and to go out there, even though it was on a pitch count, and even though, you know, they weren't going to let him go that deep into the game, I thought he gave you everything and then some. You know, felt good today, which is the most important thing. You hope to build them up enough by the month of October, right? Because it comes back to the same issue with the Yankees in that starting rotation. Who do you trust? Right? Got into a little bit of that last night while Severino was out there pitching. Like, who do you trust? You know, when you look at this team, for example, and you look at that starting five, okay, you're paying Garrett Cole to be that guy that you have the most faith in, even though the results have been kind of mixed, right? He has a hard time keeping the ball in the yard. Nestor Cortez, okay, great. He's been fantastic. All-star, all those things. But we've never seen him do it on this level for this long. This is uncharted waters for a Nestor Cortez. So now you bring back Seve, and if he's right and he stays right, that's not a bad one, two, three to have going into the playoffs. It really and truly isn't. And I think that's something you could get excited about if you're a Yankee fan. So it's all up for grabs again tonight. We'll watch the game with you. Don't worry. We will keep you posted. If anything happens out there historical, you guys will be the first to know. But we're going to do a lot of other things as well. It's not just going to be a Yankee watch party because who the hell wants to listen to that? You can just listen to the game. We'll do some other things. Plenty of football. Week three in the National Football League kicks off tonight. Thursday night football with the Steelers and the Browns. And, yes, I think, you know, the Browns in a way have almost become like the adopted team over the last few days here in New York because of what we witnessed on Sunday when they played the Jets. And I think if you follow sports and you like football, I think to a man, there's probably that curiosity that exists that you want to see if Cleveland's able to get up off the mat, right? Because any team... No matter what sport it is, if they blow a game to the lengths that the Cleveland Browns did on Sunday, you want to see how they respond, right? You want to see what the resiliency level is for that team. And I'm curious as much as anybody to get that from the Browns tonight. You know, a rivalry game against the Steelers. Remember, we talked about it last week. One thing that might have given the Jets a little bit of hope, a little bit of a spark going into that game was that maybe, just maybe, the Browns were overlooking the Jets. The Browns were maybe having one eye on the Thursday night game against the Steelers, their rival. And then they see the Jets come into town. They say, oh, who cares about the Jets? But that's not totally accurate because for almost 58 minutes, the Browns were the better football team on Sunday. Were they not? And then those sequence of events that happened in the final couple of minutes, I mean, that could happen to anybody. And I don't think it has anything to do with the Browns looking ahead. They just failed to finish. It's as simple as that. They did not finish. So let's see how they start tonight, first of all. And number two, let's see how they finish. And if they can finish against the Pittsburgh Steelers team, which, oh, by the way, here's another reason that you keep an extra eye on this one tonight. That's the Jets' next opponent after this week, right? And another lackluster outing by the Steelers' offense might mean Mitchell Trubisky goes to the bench And Kenny Pickett, the rookie, might get inserted into the starting lineup, but it could be as soon as that Jet game coming up in week four. So a lot of storylines with the NFL stuff tonight. We'll get into the Jets and the Giants. The head coach of the football Giants, who are 2-0, 
had some interesting things to say in response to Kenny Galladay's comments from a day ago about how he wants to play more, how he's not satisfied about the reps that he's getting. You also have, of course, the Jets trying to see if they can build off of that win against the Cleveland Browns and see if they can stack another one together against the Cincinnati Bengals coming up on Sunday afternoon. Oh, yeah, we got some basketball to talk about because you want to talk about something strange and something weird and something you don't see or hear every day? That's Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons actually spoke. How about that? Ben Simmons went on the J.J. Reddick podcast and had some, I would say, pretty interesting things to say on a wide array of topics as the Brooklyn Nets try to regroup and put a better showing on the court than certainly they did last year. So we'll play some of that Ben Simmons for you a little bit later on in the program. And also, in regards to the Yankee stuff, Heidi Watney, MLB Network, Apple TV, she's going to be part of the broadcast crew for that game tomorrow night in the Bronx. Red Sox-Yankees could be for the record, could not be. We'll see. It all depends on what happens tonight. And certainly a lot has been said about the Apple TV thing. Some people like it. Some people don't. Some people think it's an inconvenience. Some people, you know, don't love not having their own announcers on the games and all those things. So we'll talk to Heidi about all those things and then some. So join us coming up at 8 o'clock tonight. When we return, we'll take your calls at 800-919-3776. And I wanted to dive into something that has been broached on occasion over the last, you know, couple of weeks during this whole judge quest to break the record thing. Is this indeed the greatest season? Like some people, you know, maybe without proper context, they're just throwing it out there. You know what? This might be the greatest season we've ever seen. Well, I did a little bit of a deeper dive into the so-called great seasons and to the numbers. I'll tell you what I came up with. Plus, we'll hear from you. Jam-packed Thursday. It's a busy show. Where else would you rather be? Dan Grasa, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasa Show on 98.7 ESPN. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. That is the place to find us. Of course, you can be listening right now on the ESPN New York app. So shout out to all the people listening on the app. 
It's a great app. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. You know, one other thing, too, you know, we say that the Mets have the night off. They do. But they're still trying to fend off the Atlanta Braves. The Braves are in action tonight. They are opening a four-game series in Philadelphia against the Fighting Phils. And, of course, Philly needs these games in the worst possible way because Philadelphia right now is the third and last wild card in the National League, and they are just currently two and a half games up on the Milwaukee Brewers for that final spot. So the Phils need these games. They're in Philadelphia, Atlanta. They're a powerhouse at home. They're pretty good on the road, too, but not as good as they are in their ballpark. We'll see if maybe the Phils. Hey, if you're a Met fan, you take a four-game split with the Phillies and the Braves. Do you not? Take care of business in Oakland. Phils and Braves split the four games. Then you can add to that lead a little bit as you go into next week. And then next weekend, the big three-game series down there in Atlanta with uh, Bassett, DeGrom, and Scherzer slated, slated to be towing the rubber. We shall see. But, you know, with the judge and the history and this type of thing, you know, a lot of people, you know, because it's like just the thing to do, right? You say, oh, this might be the greatest season of all time. Well, maybe the greatest season you've ever seen. But it's not the greatest season of all time. And I know that there's different circumstances, right? I mean, it's always difficult to compare errors. We know that. But that's a bold and lofty statement to just go out there and say what Aaron Judge is doing in 2022 is by far the best season in the history of the National Football League. Or not the National Football League, excuse me, Major League Baseball. And I think it's irresponsible, to be quite honest with you. I don't, I, I don't think you can make that type of an assertion. So I did some digging, and I just tried to keep it in, like, you know, contemporary terms. And I went back to the last guy, of course, who won the Triple Crown, and that would be Miggy Cabrera back in 2012. Yeah, it wasn't even that far. I mean, I like the music. I like the harp and all that stuff, but, I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's, like, a statute of limitations that you need to, like, use the harp, like talking about going back in time. Like, is, is 10 years harp worthy? It could be. I liked it. It had a nice little pizzazz to the whole thing but for the purpose of this argument we're going to keep the harp we'll use it no we're keeping it the harp stays so cabrera if you want to go by every major category that we use to evaluate offense batting average on base percentage slugging ops ops plus home runs rbis walks runs total bases war all right so that's 11, 11 different categories. Aaron Judge, so far, and it's not over yet, Aaron Judge has bested Miguel Cabrera in 20, his 2012 Triple Crown year in eight out of those 11 categories, which isn't bad, right? That is not too shabby. Eight out of 11 is pretty, pretty decisive as far as I'm concerned. Judge right now, the only things that Cabrera... Has Judge on when you're talking about the records and the categories and that sort of thing. The only ones where he hasn't beat are batting average. Judge is hitting 317. Cabrera hit 330 that year. RBIs. Cabrera hit 139 RBIs or had 139 ribbies. Judge is at 128, but Judge still has how many more games to play with? He could pass Cabrera when it comes to RBIs. And then the last one is total bases. And this one is going to fall by the wayside, maybe even by tonight. Cabrera was at 377. Judge is at 376. So definitely the total bases is going down. Don't know about the batting average because Judge has 13 points to make up. 
and RBIs, there's a, a, a decent chance that Judge laps him, right? But he's 11 behind. So at the very least, you want to say Cabrera's got two of the 11, and then Judge is going to have nine of them? Judge had a better season, right? Aaron Judge's 2022 is superior to Miguel Cabrera's 2012. And that being said, we don't even know if Judge is going to win the Triple Crown this year. He may, he might not. Now, what's great about tonight is you get to kind of view the Triple Crown race in one prism because Xander Bogarts, who is Judge's chief competitor right now for the AL batting title, he's playing in this game. And he was just retired. He struck out in his first at bat. So Bogarts is at 316. Judge still at 317. So we can keep track of that as well in terms of him trying to set the record and fend off Bogarts and win a batting title. And, you know, I, the thing I like about Judge is that how many times has he said already this year? When anybody wants to bring up the triple crown, or excuse me, the home run record and 61 and Maris and that type of thing, you know, the first thing Judge wants to bring up is, is the batting title. You know, because that's what he considers to be the best hitter, the dominant hitter. You know, the guy who really is leaving his mark when he steps out there on the baseball field. So it's like the best of both worlds for Judge. Not only is he going to possibly win a batting title, He's also going to set the American League home run record. And, oh, by the way, might also pocket a triple crown when it's all said and done. I mean, like, you are living life the right way if you could check all those boxes. But, all right, that's one case with Judge. And that was one comparison with Miguel Cabrera. Go to the Barry Bonds years, okay? Go to the Barry Bonds years for a couple of minutes and check those out. And I understand that you may not look at them with the same clear view as you look at what Aaron Judge has done so far this year. And you have every right not to, right? And this goes back to the whole era conversation again. Comparing guys that played, and hey, even though it was only 20 years ago, Bonds played in a different era than Aaron Judge. That era might be more unique than any other era that we've seen in baseball given what guys were doing, what guys were putting into their bodies, and how that stuff was fueling their performance to where they were putting up freakish video game numbers. And that's what Barry Bonds and his cronies were doing there. But, I mean, look at some – like, I was flabbergasted when I went back because, I mean, look, we all lived through it. You know what it was. You know how dominant that it was. But when I went back and I looked at it, I, I mean, your head spins. You almost forget just how out of this world it was. Like, Bonds is 2001, and that's when he hit the 73 home runs, okay? The first of his four straight MVPs that he won from 01 to 04. But Bonds that year hit 328. Okay, Judge is hitting 316. Bonds' on-base percentage was 515. Judge is at 419. Slugging was 863. Judge is at 703. Bonds' OPS was 1379. Judges is 1123. OPS plus, Bonds 259, Judge at 214. Okay, Judges got 60 home runs. Bonds is, you know, finished with 73. Bonds had 137 RBIs. Judges at 128. You know, the walks, my gosh, the walks. 177 walks for Barry Bonds. 177. Judges in the mid-90s, and he just walked, by the way, to lead off the first inning for the Yankees. So no home run yet. 
runs scored that year for Bonds, just 129. Judge might beat him there. He's at 123. Total bases, Bonds was at 411 and Judge is at 372. And as far as the war is concerned, Judge's war is 9.7. Bonds that year, 11.9. It's freakish. It's freakish. And then you can even take Bonds' 2004 and look at it that way. And that, in some categories, is even crazier than 2001. And I think by that time, at least me as a baseball fan, and I don't even think I was in the business yet. I think I was maybe just kind of sort of about to get into it, right? But, like, during those Bonds years, you almost kind of just, like, took it for what it was. And you're like, yeah, all right, whatever. He's cheating, right? Yeah, whatever. He's going out there and he's putting up ridiculous numbers. He's just doing his thing. Yeah. Like, you didn't expect anything different. So, like, after 01, when he sets the record, 02 comes along, same stuff. 03 comes along, same stuff. 04 comes along, same stuff. It's like we didn't really just – it's, it's tough to separate all of those seasons. At least it was for me. Because you saw a guy that you didn't really necessarily take on the surface what he was doing legitimately. We are doing that with Judge. And if you want to think that that's an extra feather in his cap, by all means, feel that way. But we've also talked about here in regards to that era with the steroids, with the PEDs, and, you know, like, what do you consider to be the home run record? Right? It's a legitimate argument. When it comes down to it, you have to look at what happened during those years with Bonds, of course, being the driving force and realize that a lot of guys were doing things in baseball back then. And it wasn't just the hitters. It wasn't the guys that were just hitting the ball over the over the fence and trotting around the bases. And, you know, people were just, you know, just marveling at all of their plaudits, for example. It was also the pitchers, right? You also had the pitchers up there, too. So then what does that mean? If we know that there is a pitcher who goes out there and he's using PEDs and he gives up all these home runs to a hitter that's using PEDs, well, do we count that like double? Which, which one is it, right? And are we supposed to quantify, like, who's using what and for how long and for when? That's why it's just an impossible argument to make. It's hard enough to compare players from different eras. Now when you factor in, like, the PED stuff, it's damn near impossible to do. And that's why I don't like getting into the conversation, to be frank. But you can have your opinions, and that's fine, and we welcome all opinions. This is an open forum You know, you just want to keep it in Yankee history. Again, another era. But what about Mantle? Mantle won the Triple Crown in 1956. You look at the season he had that year. And that was a different time. That was a different world. All those things. But Mantle's year in 56 was pretty damn impressive. You know, Mantle batted 353 that year. 705 slugging. 1169. 376 total bases, all those things, right? 52 dingers, 130 RBIs, 132 runs scored. Pretty impressive. And what was Mickey's war that year? I mean, they didn't calculate war back in 1956, but if you go back, he had a war of 11.2. So it's really, really, like, I, I, I'm not going to be able to sit here and say that what Aaron Judge is doing in 2022 is the greatest single season that we've ever seen. It might be in your lifetime, but to really say history of baseball, I can't go there, and I won't go there. But you can still appreciate everything that he's accomplished, and it's certainly one of 
the greatest seasons that we've ever seen. Yanks got judged to third base in that first inning. Josh Donaldson hits into an inning-ending 6-4-3 double play. So the Sox and Yanks go to the second scoreless. But you know what? You don't even care what the score is. You just want to know if Judge Homer. He didn't. No score going to winning number two. The manager spoke to the Michael K show today. Had some very interesting things to say, not just about Judge, but the team in general. We'll talk about that when we return. Dan Grasser Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Stream live sports and original content with ESPN Plus today. You get access to the award-winning 30 for 30 library. Unrivaled UFC access, including exclusive pay-per-views, live coverage of 35 PGA Tour events each year. So get the ESPN Plus and Disney Plus bundled today and watch ESPN Originals, the 30 for 30s, the entire Disney and Marvel library and more. Stream anytime, anywhere. Go to ESPNNewYorkBundle.com to learn more. Dan Gross's show, 98.7 ESPN. We're rolling till 10 o'clock on this Thursday. No score in the Bronx in the second inning. Judge walking his first at-bat so far this evening. So Aaron Boone, the Yankee skipper, was on today with the guys in the K-Show, his weekly spot. And, of course, the subject of Aaron Judge came out, and the skipper said that, you know what, the way he's taking it all in stride, pretty impressive. The game becomes really simple for him because there's two things that he cares about, and one is being a great teammate, and two is winning. And when you genuinely, that's who you are and that's what you care about, he knows everything else is going to fall into place. You know, he knows how good a player he is, so it's a matter of him going out there. But when he keeps it that simple as far as, I want to be a great teammate and I want to try and win tonight, and Mm -hmm. that's where he pours his energy into. And when you do that, it kind of, you know, takes a lot of the outside stuff out of it and and makes the game as simple as as most as you should make it. Harrison Bader's been back here for a few days. Nice to see finally. You know, all we knew him as was Mr. Walking Boot when the trade was made and Jordan Montgomery was out there doing his thing of course and wheeling and dealing as a member of the St. Louis Cardinals and you know what he's been so you know so far so good you know he's got a few hits already in his couple of games and look Harrison Bader is a guy that you're getting for defense more not that he's a butcher by all means with the bat 
But you're, he's here for the defense, and that's why the Yankees went out and acquired him. They wanted him to patrol center field and help improve upon that defensive run save metric, which unfortunately has kind of come back to bite the Yankees at times this year, and you don't want it to rear its ugly head once the playoffs roll around here. But what did the skipper think about the emergence of one Harrison Bader? It's been exciting to see him get back and, you know, really have an impact in his first two games. He kind of the, – the athleticism is kind of – jumped off the screen i think and and seeing him move around the outfield and seeing him be a spark in in the bottom of the lineup you know see how he's run the bases his speed um yeah it's it's been really good to have him back he's been chomping at the bit and uh you know hopefully he can be a difference maker for us we really believe that in the center of the diamond well look he better right he better because look you have to ask yourself this question with the Yankees as they're presently constituted or how they will be made up going into the playoffs. What concerns you more as a Yankee fan? Is it the state of the starting rotation or is it the outfield defense? I know that I look, I don't want to see Aaron Hicks out there. I don't not at all. But now that Bader is back left field until Ben Intendi returns, if Ben Intendi returns, you're looking at some combination of, you know, Cabrera and dare I say an Aaron Hicks. Right? Some sort of a platoon there. And Bader in center. Judge and right. I mean, I guess you could stick Stanton out in left field when push comes to shove, but I don't think Aaron Boone wants to do that with any sort of regularity. So, yeah, I do kind of think that you want Bader to make an impact and to be a force on this team, even if it means him going out there and playing a lockdown center field, because I still believe, contrary to what the Yankees felt, that Jordan Montgomery could have given them valuable outs come the playoffs. When you stack up Montgomery against the, the other starting pitchers that currently are in this rotation, and Montas is a dud, you're getting nothing out of him this year. Absolutely nothing. He's shut down with the shoulder, and you can't have any faith that when he comes back, if he is pronounced healthy, that he's going to be any sort of a contributor for you. So at the same token, it kind of comes back to bite him. And lastly, this is like the elephant in the room for the Yankees. What about the closer position? Explain to me who they're going to tap to get three big outs, the final three outs, in one of these high-pressurized games once the postseason rolls around. You know what? The manager was asked that question by the guys in the K-Show. I think we're just going to match up as best we can. The one thing about Clay lately where he has gotten hurt, he's still kind of dominating righties. Lefties have given him some problems of late, so – you know, maybe it's trying to get him in, in those best situations. So whether that's the ninth inning on a given day, depending on who where we are in the lineup, whether that's the seventh inning, you know, we're getting Efros back, who's a little more of a neutral guy, obviously getting Britt back in the mix, Lowe, who's been doing a good job of getting both handed out, Trevino's, who's, who's kind of more of that righty guy, righty on right guy that we like. You know, Clark Schmidt's done a really nice job, especially he's, you know, he's also a lot more dominant against right-handed hitters. So we're just going to, you know, hopefully these guys can complement one of one one another enough to where we can just put them in, in spots in the order where we think they can be the most successful and, and they can kind of support each other. Do you know what that was right there? And I like Aaron Boone. Said it many times, I like Aaron Boone. I think he gets a raw deal on occasion. But you know what that answer was from Aaron Boone? That was 54 seconds of... Him essentially saying, we don't have a closer. We don't have a closer that we believe in. That was the baseball manager speak equivalent to when a, a football coach says, you know, what about your, your, your quarterback situation? Like if they have a couple of guys and they say, oh, we feel good that we have two good quarterbacks. 
That means you don't have one. That's what it means. And that when, when Aaron Boone is going to sit there and he's going to basically run down the entire roster of his bullpen and his relief corps, he's telling you really that they do not feel confident in one guy more so than anybody else. That's what it means. And you know what? I can't either. When the Yankees get to the playoffs and they have a lead, he's either going to ask a starting pitcher to go out there and get outs, or it's going to be like, you know, pick a name out of a hat, pin the tail on the donkey, whatever game you want to play. Musical chairs, the music stops, whoever doesn't have a seat, he's going to come in and get the last three outs or at least try to get the last three outs. That's what the Yankee bullpen is currently. Nothing more, nothing less. And that's a concern. So I know that Yankee land right now is completely wrapped up in Aaron Judge and the pursuit of 62, which is great, and you should be. But once that dust settles, once the home runs are hit, once they decide who gets the baseball, and once all the memorabilia comes out and all the money is being thrown around trying to bask in that moment as much as humanly possible, we're going to get back to a time where it's about, oh, yeah, now the Yankees have to focus on winning a championship. And once you start to see clearly again, you realize that there are more holes than not than maybe you would like to think about this team, i.e. the rotation, the bullpen, and at least part of your outfield. Doesn't make me feel all that confident. How about you? 800-919-3776. Let's go to the phones. Let's say hi to Jose. He is in Newark. That is in New Jersey. And he's first up here on the Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. Jose, how we doing, my friend? I'm good, man. How you doing? Jose, outstanding. Talk to me. What's going on? That's what I'm talking about. And again, thanks for getting me through traffic. You do it for me every day. Jose, that's um, what I'm here for. That's literally why I, I was put are. on this I earth. You know that. And I appreciate you. But getting to your, um, your point on... Greatest season ever. I, I I can never wrap my head around a guy hitting in 56 consecutive games like Joe DiMaggio did, and I think 41. Mm-hmm. Um, because because of that, that will. I, and again, it just it amazes me that he was able to hit for two months. So I, I would say that that would always be. Um, and I just want to see how you would compare. I know the power isn't where you know a Judge or you know Bonds, regardless of what you feel about how he did it, and and Babe Ruth, but. Man, hitting for two months, I think hit from like May to like July, every consecutive game. That to me, and I know that the kind of the streak kind of hangs on its own. No one ever talks about the season, but that to me, you got to think it's up there with the rest of them. And I just wanted to see how you felt, how that stacks up. Do you give it, like, do you put, push it back on the rankings because the power? I think he hit about 30 home runs or 32 he home runs. He hit 30 runs. home runs, yeah. So do you think that because of that, you won't put it as high as what Aaron Judge is doing and some of the other guys, or do you think it's. It's up there with, you know, what these guys are doing. It's obviously a phenomenal – I mean, look, the record stands on its own, as you said. It's never going to be duplicated, especially nowadays, because nobody is going to hit in 56 consecutive games. There's a – it's kind of like, in a way, mirroring the Cal Ripken Ironman streak, right, Jose? Because guys aren't necessarily out there each and every day anymore. And I know that it's 56 consecutive games you play and all those things, but that record will never fall. The shame of it is – Right. I guarantee you. If this like, you know, what? it's fun to me. And look, if you guys have some time on your hands, you know, you want to get lost in baseball reference, be my guest. But the shows that I do over on the MLB radio side, 
during the offseason when there was the lockout, obviously we had a lot of free time on our hands, right? Because nothing was happening. So we had to kind of, you know, create content, if you will. If you go back over time and look at the voting for some of the awards in baseball history, you just see over the generations and the decades what was interpreted as great one year or one era versus today. Like, I guarantee you, if 1941, Jose, happened again in present day, Ted Williams would win the American League MVP that year, not Joe DiMaggio. And DiMaggio, like, Mm. just eked him out. But Ted Williams, if you look across the board and measure all the statistics that nowadays we hold sacred, like the OPS and the on... And and, and Williams had over 400, for crying out loud. But the walks, the runs, the war, the OPS, Williams had Joe D beat in almost like every one of those categories, but DiMaggio won the MVP award largely because it was a 56-game hitting streak. Right. No, I get your point. I mean, baseball is kind of, that's probably the unique charm about it where you could have those arguments all the time about, you know, what, how you look at the stats and how they compare error to error. But again, man, two months of hitting to me consecutively in every game, I can't, it's like the hundred by Wilt and some other, you know, crazy records what Gretzky did when he, I think he went 92 goals in one year or whatever, just those crazy stats like that. I, I just, they boggle me. So whenever I hear best seasons or best accomplishments or best games, I, I always go to those records. But, no, nah, good point what you're making. And, Dan, and appreciate you always taking my call, man. I appreciate you. Jose, you're the best. You get back to us. I, I mean, see, the problem with Joe D is Joe D's a legend. Joe D's a Mount Rushmore. Joe, Joe D's Joe D. He's, he's DiMaggio. He don't, he don't, not even his first name. You just say DiMaggio. He's one of those guys. That's it. But he had so many great years. I mean, so many legendary years, for crying out loud. 41 might not even have been his best year. Really and truly. I mean, it might not have been his best season. That's how great this guy was. And the other thing about DiMaggio, too, and it happened to a lot of players during that era because of the war. Imagine, see again, equate that to today. Right? Equate that to, like, how we compare athletes today and judging their careers and comparison and so on and so forth. Joe DiMaggio lost three years in the prime of his career, because he went off to war. When he was 28 years old. So think about that, 28, 29, and 30. Those are still your prime years as a baseball player. And he lost those. And so did a lot of guys. But it, it, it's just incredible. Incredible to think of something like that happening today. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. Heidi Watney. MLB Network, Apple TV Plus. She'll be part of the broadcast tomorrow in the Bronx for the Yankees-Red Sox game. She'll join us at 8. More of your calls when we return. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. Heidi Watney's going to join me coming up in a few minutes. She'll be part of the broadcast crew tomorrow for Apple TV, Yanks and Sox out on the boogie down. No score tonight in the third inning right now, Sox and Yanks. Judge walking in his only plate appearance. Phillies have a one nothing lead over the Atlanta Braves in the third inning. So good news for Met fans as the Mets have the night off. Let's say hi to David. He's in Brooklyn. He's up next here on the Grasses Show 98.7. David, how are you? Hello, Dave. Hello? Dave going once. Going twice. I'm Artie. Oh, Art. I don't know why it said Dave. What's up, Art? (laughs) Jesus. I hear the Dave. I mean, they don't even sound alike. Art, Dave. Like, you can't get those two confused. I said, I think that's me. Jeez. (laughs) All right, buddies. Listen, I'm going to ask you two questions. I'll hang up. The first one is, as a Jet fan, would you rather have Flacco quarterback in the whole season and making the playoffs or seeing um, Wilson and winning six games? That's number one. And number two, I'm having this debate. Name it. Real quick, let me stop you before the second question. Let me stop because I need need more context on that question. How does Wilson play in the six games they win? Right. He he shows that he's David Carr. David. Wow. Not even Derek. David. David, Wait, not David Carr. Who's the the kid on the Raiders? Derek. Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Okay. David Carr. Forget it. No, uh, Derek Carr. David Carr being flat on his back. Yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> let, let me tell you that first. That's another thing too. But I'll I'll talk about that another time. Yeah. But how, how do you throw for four thousand yards the first year and then just like disappear after that? But anyway, okay. So yeah, Derek Carr because he is not going to be Burrow in his second year. There's no way he's going to show that he's Burrow. I'm thinking Derek Carr is going to take us to the playoffs next year. Artie, you know what Derek Carr is, whether you want to acknowledge it or not? He's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. If you, if you could sign up, if I said to you, Jets win six games this year, Zach Wilson takes the next step and establishes himself as a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, you taking it? I think I could name 10 quarterbacks better than Derek Carr, though. Because mm. you know what it is, how I go by? Because mm. I have him in my fantasy. Oh, and fantasy. He didn't, he didn't go top 10. Well, yeah. I don't. I let's well, put it this way: he's right Wilson, around there, ten, eleven, twelve. So yeah. he's top third. How's that? He's top third in the NFL. Yeah. Is, is in your mind is Russell Wilson better than than Carr? Russell Wilson is top five. Russell Wilson is like the fifth best quarterback in the NFL, in my opinion. Okay. All right. Yep. All right. So and the second one. So oh, so you didn't give me the answer. Well, what would you rather take as a Jet fan? The, I, I would take the quarterback. I want the quarterback to, because you want Zach Wilson to be the answer for the next 12 years. Joe Flacco, if he right. takes you to the playoffs this year, you know what you get with him next year? He's 38. 
Where are you going with this? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, where yeah. is the Joe Flacco story ending? Then you're back at square one again next year where you wasted potentially the second overall pick on a draft in a quarterback that you have no idea what the hell he is. I know Saleh wouldn't admit it, but I don't think he wants to win the next two with Flacco because it would make him it'd make that decision to the Dolphins that much harder. Oh, my God, what a disaster. All right, I'll and tell the, you this. Uh, and, other, yeah. All right, real quick, real quick, real quick. Go ahead. And the second one is Namath or Eli Manning. Okay, thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. All right, it'd be good. Eli had the better career, of course, because he won the two Super Bowls. But in terms of if you were in their primes – who was the better quarterback, more physically gifted? It's Joe Namath six days a week and twice on Sundays. Namath was a supremely gifted quarterback. Ask anybody who was around back then. His career got ruined, unfortunately, because of injuries. When we come back, we'll get back to the calls later and all the football stuff and even more on that Jet discussion because I think that's a good question by Artie. We come back. Apple TV's got that Yankee game tomorrow. In the Bronx could be the record setter, Heidi Watney is going to be part of that broadcast. She'll join me coming up next. Dan Grosser Show, 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 